This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Deep breath. Hello, everybody. We're here. We made We're it. We're here on game week. Yep. Um, another Big 12 game was just postponed right before we hit start, but Houston Baptist at Texas Tech is still on. Can't wait to talk about it. How are you doing? Man, we're doing good. We were excited for football. We're also excited for baby. So that's right. Yeah. The the family's growing here. What? Any, any, any day now, day. basically. So Ooh. we're in this window here um, where she could go into labor and, and we could be back home watching the Houston Baptist Texas Tech game. <laughs> um, technically, her, her due date's, you know, I think two weeks away, but. There have been stretches of times where we're like, we're timing contractions and man, knocks on the door. Is it time? No, it's not time. But yeah, man, any day we're, we're getting ready, likely going to be between the Houston Baptist and the Texas game. So hopefully good. That's a bye week. (laughs) Very little disruption in the podcast because that's what counts, right? Yeah. You'll have this father of two thing down in, you know, 10 days or seven or less. You'll be fine. Okay. My mom back. Yeah. But okay. It's time for you to go. It's time for podcast. <laughs> All right. Um, we are nearing the end to our giveaway of dream. No little dream. I, I think we probably plan to do it this week, but we haven't selected the winners or let them know yet. So you still have a chance to enter. <laughs> I think that's how I'm going to do it. Continue to submit your favorite, most memorable games from Texas Tech history. Could be any sport, as long as it's not the Texas 08 game. You must follow us on Twitter or Instagram. Twitter's at 23Personnel, and Instagram is 23PersonnelPodcast. You can also follow me, Spencer, at PuntsSuck, or Michael, at Michael underscore LBK. Yeah, we'll announce it next week. Next week would be a good day, good time to do it. Bye week. You should like mark that down. There we go. You, you won't have anything going. And we'll do it between diaper changes or something. Winners during bye week. There, it's in the notes. It's happening. Yeah, you can't take it back now. That's practically writing it in stone to put yep. it in the in the Google Doc, which will then go on taking the points. Speaking of game week is here. Well, we've said that probably ten times already. Content on staking the planes during football season is un. Beatable. Plenty of things to to consume. Staking the planes um, from betting and statistics from Kyle to, of course, the podcast, the previews and the weekly conversations, all that. Staking the planes.com. I don't know what it is about this weather, Michael. Like 
it will be 50-ish degrees tomorrow, Wednesday, as the yeah. high. It's 50-ish right now with a wind chill in the 40s. Hashtag hoodie season, which That's means right. you can get your 23 personnel podcast hoodie at teespring.com slash stores slash 23 personnel. Plenty to choose from. Also pick up a t-shirt, um, all that kind of stuff, ready to get you it's there to get you ready. <laughs> Say that backwards for the football season. Um, finally, a reminder: we were off this past weekend because there weren't, there wasn't Texas Tech game, but we will start our regular appearance on Rob Bro's College Tailgate Show Saturday mornings, ten to noon on KKAM Talk thirteen forty. This Saturday, September twelfth, you can. Catch it terrestrial radio, like I said, 1340 AM. You can also get it on KKM.com or through the Talk 1340 mobile app. Nicely done, man. You're, you're practicing. You're getting ready for that radio gig. I don't have a radio gig, my man. <laughs> um, but I don't think we have anything else to talk about this week besides football. And that's the way it should so. be in September. Yeah, there's there's probably something we could talk about or something that we're probably missing, but let's let's just do football. That's that's what needs to happen right, right now. It's it's officially fall outside. It's going to um, unless something crazy happens. The Jones will be semi rocking on Saturday. Twenty five percent rocking. Twenty twenty five percent rock. We will talk about. A couple of games from week one, first few games from the 2020 football season, some Big 12 news, then look at the week one depth chart that came out this week, break that down, chop it up, and then get you our Houston Baptist preview. But before we jump all the way into that, the wait is finally over, guys. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, or maybe you're one of the lucky 25 percenters, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures now. Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet online, your sportsbook experts. All right. Michael, let's do yes. some football. Go. Welker takes it at the 11. He's going to try to get to the right sideline, breaks the tackle. He's got running room at the 30, the 35-40. He's the midfield, the 45-40. He may go. 25, 10, touchdown, Red Raiders. Davis Webb, the freshman, screen. Underneath Derek Ward, breaks the tackle, still running up the sideline. Turns on the juice, touchdown. O'Harrell in the shotgun from the 28. The throw goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. He plays. Oh, he's the worst. Red Raider. Unbelievable. Touchdown. Red Raider. 
Michael Crabtree has done it. Let the scoring begin. First weekend of games, Michael, which of these games did you watch? SMU, Texas State, North Texas, Houston Baptist, UTEP, SFA, BYU, Navy. I get a, uh, you know, I might get a, a D or a C on, on how much football I actually watched of those. I watched parts of all of them except for UTEP versus SFA. Uh, I- okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Saw enough of SMU versus Texas State to wonder how in the world SMU was keeping it that close. Or Texas State, I guess I should say, really. I did watch enough Houston Baptist versus North Texas, which we'll talk about quite a bit later. But UTEP, I pretty much skipped. And then I watched enough of BYU versus Navy in the first half to to call it a day. Yeah. So BYU Navy was on Monday, Labor Day. Turned that on after we had some some smoked brisket with the fam. That was delish. Turned on a good, wholesome BYU Navy game. Expecting a, a close game. Saw the line at BYU minus one. I was like, this, this can be good. Um, nail biter, man. Nail biter. But uh, I think I made it to 24-0, and I was like, not a nail biter. <laughs> I think I know how this is going to go. And it's not one of those things where, like, Navy was, was keeping it close and just, like, had a, a bunch of bad breaks. They couldn't stop BYU. Like, it, a very familiar feeling, which was strange, because they were not, like, it wasn't like a, OU Texas Tech. It was BYU Navy. I was like, this feels awfully familiar. Yeah, it it, it did kind of get that same sort of vibe. And I think I stopped watching right at halftime where it was, let's see, 31 to zero. But what blows my mind is it was that they kicked a field goal. <laughs> they stopped him once and we were able to get a field goal. I think the final score ended up being what, like 55 to three? Yep, that was it. Man. Um, I turned on the UTEP game, so that was the late one on Saturday, more out of, like, I was the only one left awake. Well, Grayson was in bed, Samantha was trying to wrap up some schoolwork, and I was like, it's not time for bed yet, turn the game on. And then who do I see playing quarterback for UTEP, but my man Gavin Hardison. I was like, oh, I know this man. That's Uh, right. You were pumped to see him in, um, to see him play against the Red Raiders this year. Hopefully. Potentially, yeah. Um, for those that don't remember, he was he and I went to, went to church together when I lived in Hobbs. His family's from there. Uh, I think 
initially out of high school, he went to uh, prep school and then transferred in to UTEP. I don't, I don't know if he started the game, but when I tuned it in late, middle to late third quarter, he was playing some. And it was a close game, so I would assume he was probably their starter, which was strange. Yeah, I saw some of the, some of the like uh, Texas football guys and you know a couple other people on Twitter saying, "Hey, UTEP, we may have a quarterback now. This is kind of a weird feeling." So he was getting some praise on Twitter before he even. I even remade that connection that you told me about. I didn't realize he was he had gotten the starting position for sure. Yeah, I turned the game on. I was like, "Oh look." there's my boy Gavin playing. And then like 30 seconds later, he throws a pick. I was like, dang it. <laughs> um, it's your fault, man. But it was, it was you. entertaining end to that game. Uh, SFA kept it close. UTEP still going to struggle. Um, they pulled it out. I was like, I think it was 24, 14, but UTEP had to score late to do that. Um, North Texas, Houston Baptist. I turned that on out of curiosity to see what Houston Baptist looked like. They were in Denton playing, but Houston Baptist was wearing their home jerseys. Uh, North Texas chose to wear their all all whites. Houston Baptist, man, it's a weird combination of like blue and red and not like patriotic colors. Like they were off shades of both. You're like, woof, rough. It was, it was kind of like um, an Ole Miss tribute that didn't quite work out. <laughs> yeah, it was like, like it wasn't quite like a Ole Miss light blue, but it wasn't like a royal blue. And the red, I don't, it was, it was, it was strange. I don't know how to describe it. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely talk about the game a little bit later. Um, it did not go like, as I was watching, I was like, this is not what I expected to see from Houston Baptist or North Texas. Like, Hmm. Made me think. And then I watched a little bit of the SMU Texas state game just because it was like the first game on. I was like, oh, football's back. <laughs> right. And Texas state was doing a pretty good job of keeping it close. And there were a lot of, uh, I mean, obviously with a Sonny Dykes, coach team there's like there's a lot of familiar faces and names on the sideline um like garrett riley who's lincoln riley's younger brother he's like their offensive coordinator in dallas so anyways entertaining albeit kind of a shallow first week of games to choose from but it's football week zero essentially kind of like that appetizer like Oh man, it's back. Yeah, and and me not really realizing how calendars work, I didn't fully understand until just today that the NFL starts the same weekend that Tech starts. I don't know why. I always, I, I'm just so used to them NFL starting the week after Tech's first game that I still had that set in my head. And so I'm in a pick'em league with a friend of mine and. He was talking about getting your picks in this week, and I was thinking that can't be right. And yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of football on the TVs this weekend. It's because we're starting late, man. I know, just everything's weird. Speaking of starting late, though, there have been a handful of games that have been postponed. Big 12 came out with some uh, cancellation thresholds for football, basically saying you need to have this number of players, this number of position groups or people within the position group to play. Basically, it said you need to have 53 available players, which I thought was an interesting number that they arrived at. 53 is a number on an NFL roster. I don't, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's a connection there, or they, they just went through and said, you need, this is the base number of people we think you can get, you can get away with in a game. Just so happened to add up to 53. So, what those are, you need seven offensive linemen, 
four interior defensive linemen and one quarterback. Oh man, if that's it's, I, I like that they have made these benchmarks and these, uh, you know, a way to address this sort of thing, just to kind of give everyone an idea of of what to expect if you can't field these players. But I can imagine walking into a game with seven offensive linemen. That's just scary. Four defensive linemen is, I think, scarier. It's like, I've got three. No, you can't play with three. Yeah, (laughs) we've we've got, oh, man. Um, The the one quarterback is interesting because uh, I would, I think that would be the one position you could almost, I know it's the most important position on the team, so what I'm about to say sounds dumb, but if you could get a good running back, you know, a couple of them and maybe just direct snap to them all game that that could theoretically work. If, yeah. If you've you got, don't. you know, three or four guys, you can rotate in and out and you could theoretically do that. But man, I just don't know how you shuffle around only four guys to, to go against offensive linemen all, all day. You do a quick install of like the Navy or army offense on the sideline. You burn all three timeouts back to back to back. Like, all right, guys, we're going to the wishbone here. Triple option. Here's how you run it. So, Roderick Thompson, you're going to be our quarterback. Here's what you do. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. go. I, I, as important as a quarterback is, I, there's something about that. It's I can't believe I'm trying to explain this or, or try to rationalize this, but I think you could do without one if you had to in an emergency. Right. So, like, if you roll into the game with one quarterback and he gets hurt, like, you, then, then there you, you go. You got to think, like, okay, how many, like, how many, um, what is that called? How many wildcat plays do you have in, in the playbook? Like, one or two? <laughs> like, all right, here we go. We're going to run the same play the next 45 minutes of game time. You be run to the right, run to the left, <laughs> run to the right, yeah. <laughs> run to the left. And it's going to be like essentially breaking it down to old school Mike Leach air raid where you're like, you know what's coming. We only run the one one or two plays. We're just going to try to out execute you. Now, having no time to prep for that, it's not really a recipe for success. Either way, that's ideal. So with these uh, cancellation thresholds, the Big 12 has come out with, we've already lost three games this week. Oof. Excuse me. You, you want to do the honors? I, most of y'all listening, you may even know the third one now by, by the time we post the podcast. But but yeah, the you know TCU postponed the opener. Oh, I feel like it was a week ago. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it's been off the calendar for a while. Um, Oklahoma State, uh, Tulsa yeah. j- just came out. They're going to move it back uh, about 10 days, back to the 19th. Or no, sorry, a week. Instead of playing on the 12th, they'll play on the 19th. Um, and then, like, like you were mentioning, the most recent one that came out was Baylor versus Louisiana Tech. Apparently, Louisiana Tech had 38 positive tests following, I guess, everybody coming back together for, after Hurricane Laura. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the players were just doing what they could, being with family, being wherever they could be the safest from the hurricane. And so, you know, may not always be the best place you, you might be in a shelter or something with a, with a lot of people. So I imagine there was a lot of exposure there. So that's, that just came out before we hit record tonight. So it's, they're still calling it a postponement, but they have not 
they were not able to immediately set a new date like OSU versus Tulsa. You know, they just happened to have that bye week handy, apparently. But uh, Baylor and Louisiana Tech have yet to reschedule. Yeah. Um, some Texas Tech news. Colin Schooler transferred to Texas Tech and is immediately eligible as a graduate transfer. Now, he he committed, transferred, all that kind of stuff. Since we last recorded, it's a very quick fluid situation but he's come in as one of the best defenders from the Pac-12 basically leads the country in every statistically relevant category for linebackers leads the country in like tackles for loss averages like a hundred tackles per season graduated from Arizona we actually played against him we Texas Tech played against him last year in Tucson um Interestingly enough, uh, David Collier, with the research, found out that the post-game handshakes, Wells actually sought out Colin Schooler first before going to go shake Kevin Sumlin's hand. That's right. Yeah. Plant the seeds uh, early. Yes. And, and that was really cool to see that who knows if he had – I mean, maybe he just has learned over the years as a coach. You just never know. So maybe you make a point to talk out to one of the one of the best players on the team, especially especially a defensive player, when you know that your star linebacker is about to head to the NFL. <laughs> Always be recruiting. That's right. Um, he has made a surprise entry on the depth chart, which we'll get to in a little bit. And then the A and M defensive tackle, defensive end Tyree Wilson. I think he's still awaiting his waiver, or maybe he has been granted. Uh, um, as of before, I, I checked right before we recorded. I didn't see any update, and so in the AJ today, it also mentioned he was still awaiting his waiver. Okay, so he's still awaiting his waiver, but he is on the depth chart, which makes me think that they are fairly confident. Um, so with that depth chart, let's just jump right into. It. Let's start on the offense. Um, no surprise here. Let's start the quarterback, Alan Bowman, named your starter, and then there is a. Two-way tie, I guess, for the backup, or there's a competition for the backup quarterback spot. Maverick McIver and Henry Columbi, the transfer from Utah State. This, I mean, this makes sense to me. Uh, you know, Columbi comes in as a junior. He's played under Wells before. It's, I mean, I, I, I would much rather there be competition at the QB2 spot than... <laughs> Than not, <laughs> or not, or, or at the QB one. All right, let's just establish. Okay, Bowman's Bowman's our guy, and then the other two guys can duke it out week to week, and you know we can kind of take it day to day on that. So, no big surprise for me on that. Um, I actually, you know, judging by some of the stuff I saw through commentary and through press conferences during fall camp, I was kind of surprised Columbia didn't win it outright because it seems like they were either pushing McIver a little bit more or expecting more from him and weren't quite getting it. And maybe this is what they meant by that. Maybe. Um, let's go to running back next. I don't think there's a surprise here as a starter. First, Roderick Thompson. Now, there's a three-way tie, and I assume that all four of these guys are going to play. It, it may be situationally based but that Sirajic will start and then the other three guys will rotate in. But 
not listed in alphabetical order, Xavier White is up there second, then Chadarius Townsend, then Taj Brooks. So, yep, I think Wells has said something about Sir Roderick getting oh, we're on a first name basis, <laughs> but but Thompson getting quote the lion's share I believe of carries and I think he even said 70% or something at least for game one I, I could see Chadarius working his way into that just be another first name basis sorry guys <laughs> I don't know you guys but I'm gonna act like I do but I could see uh, Chadarius Townsend getting in there and and possibly um, getting heavier into that second string rotation did you see that video posted on Twitter the other day from one of the Alabama spring games where he caught a pass like he was playing receiver for uh, for the Crimson Tide at this this point, but caught a crossing pattern, like took a defender head on, blew him back, and then like broke a few tackles and then, like raced for another forty five yards. Trucked a guy, yeah, yeah I did see that. It was impressive. <laughs> so uh, I guess the thing I was looking at is I'm looking at their listed heights and weights, and I'm I don't remember a time when we haven't seen one of those small running backs. So Roger Thompson is listed at six foot two ten which sounds bigger than I remember. Xavier White, uh, 5'11", 190. So he's the lightest of the running backs, but even at 190, that's heavier than some of the running backs you've seen in, pa- in the past. Jadarius Townsend, 6'200". And then true freshman Taj Brooks, 5'10", 215. So the heaviest. Yeah, so. Not quite Brandon Jacobs, but you know, <laughs> bigger, than, bigger than Emmett Smith. <laughs> Yeah, so like, I think Taj Brooks is probably close to the uh, the size of like a Kenny Williams. Mm, yeah, him from, from a few years ago, he was kind of like a stockier, um, stocky air quotes here because that he was one of the bigger running backs you've seen in a long time. Um, but then you've got you know, like I said, Sir Roger Thompson, Chadarius Townsend are both listed at six feet. Xavier White's five eleven and one ninety. He's like I said, the smallest in terms of weight, but. You know, I remember talking about DeAndre Washington. I think he was like 5'7", 180 for a yeah, lot of his career. It's 5'7", or 5'8", kind of depending on where you look. So you've got good size there. Uh, let's go moving out to, to the receivers. Well, let's start with a tight end. Not a surprise here. You do get Travis Kuntz listed as the senior, 6'5", 255 starter. And then your backup You've got an or. You've got another competition here. Freshman John Holcomb, 6'5", 220, or Connor Killian, 6'2", 240. Yeah, and Killian's a senior, so that's an interesting competition for a second-string tight end between freshman and senior. Killian's been one of those guys that has been on your roster a while. He's moved positions quite a few times. Um, I think he played fullback for a season with That's right, he Kingsbury. did. That's right. Um, brother, obviously, of Caleb Killian. I hate that I'm blanking on his first name. The pitcher from the baseball staff. That's the right. Baseball team. Um, starting pitcher. Either way, John Holcomb, the freshman from Wellington or Wellman. One of those small, small schools up in the panhandle competing for, for some significant playing time at the tight end position. X receiver, which is going to be your outside receiver to the left of the quarterback starter, Eric Ezukanma. No surprise there. 
backups. You've got four guys listed in total, three guys backing them up. Jalen Polk as a freshman, two freshmen. Seth Collins as a senior. And then Caden Leggett as a sophomore. Obviously, you know, Collins is the senior. I, I would expect him to get in the game more often based on that. And because of comments that have been said during, uh, I think Falani has been really impressed with him and Wells has too. And so I, he, and he played inside receiver last season, right? For the time he was able to play. Yes. Okay. So I I think they pretty, they feel pretty confident about moving him to the outside. And I would expect him to, to kind of, you know, take over on the, um, on, on subbing in for Ezekama. Yeah, so I, I guess one of the things that we we didn't kind of preface this with, this is a week one depth chart. Um, Matt Wells did say things are fluid and it'll change day to day because this is depending on people's availability, whether they're injured or sick or, you know, let's say Seth Collins has a really impressive practice and moves up the depth chart the day after this is released. You know, it, it could change that quickly. We don't know if they're going to release this an updated version every week if we're going to get any kind of update um, and any, any kind of surprises, I guess, can be kind of, you know, you can almost write it off like, well, maybe Seth Collins hasn't taken over like that backup spot or the starting position because, you know, maybe he was sick or maybe he's mispracticed. You know, it, it may not have to do deal with um, performance evaluation type things. So. Right. And, and possible, you know, maybe quarantines or right. illnesses or isolations, that, that sort of sort of thing that they're really not going to disclose. Yeah. Having said all that, we're still going to talk about the depth chart. So, <laughs> yeah, because we've, um, we've got to inside receiver. This is, a, I guess, the first spot where you see uh, competition for a starting role and you've got it broken out into two groups. You've got Dalton Rigdon and Keyshawn Carter listed as co-starters or has the or between them with Dalton Rigdon listed first and the second group, McLean Mannix or Miles Price, the freshman. I think you're probably good with any of those first three guys because you've seen flashes of, from all of them. They all performed really well last year. McLean Mannix surprisingly is listed as a senior, but supposedly we should be retaining everybody's eligibility this year. So he may be able to come back. He should be able to come back next season. Um, competing with miles price, the freshman, the other outside receiver Z, which will be to the right of the quarterback. No surprise. TJ Vasher is listed as a starter as a senior six, six two fifteen. Then another three guys listed as competing for some backup time behind him. Redshirt freshman, Trey Cleveland, another big guy, six, four, one ninety. JJ Sparkman, 6'4, 215, and Loic Fungi, 6'4, 205. All three of those are freshmen. Yeah, that's an interesting set of, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to have Vasher out there as, as much as they can. And I mean, some of these freshmen lining up at wide receiver could play tight end. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, if they put on, put on a few more pounds, they could switch over. But, you know, I think Texas Tech has between seven and 17 tight ends on the roster right now. So <laughs> they had to put them somewhere. Yeah. So if you look at John Holcomb, six, five, two twenty, and then JJ Sparkman, one of the guys competing with Vasher, six, four, two fifteen. One inch, yeah. five pounds. In it. Like 
if they lined up, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference in size from the broadcast. Yeah, you're just going to think that these guys are large. Right. Um, and I think so we'll get to the, I guess, some of the more surprising aspects of the offensive depth chart with the offensive line. Um, Ethan Card, transfer, 6'8", 315, listed as your starting left tackle. Weston Wright, starting at guard. Dawson Deaton, center, Jack Anderson as guard. And then Wofford transfer, Josh Berger, is your starting right tackle. Yeah, the the kind of the main thing that everybody's pointed out, uh, Seth pointed it out on Staking the Plains this morning and Don Williams when he was talking with uh, Matt Wells and, and company during the conference conference. What's it called? Press conference yesterday. You know, left tackle Ethan Card, that's a sophomore, and Caleb Rogers and Larry Moore backing him up are both freshmen. So the inexperience at left tackle kind of is a red flag for a lot of people, but I think that's another one of those situations where, you know, you've got guys like, uh, who did he have on here? This is from Don Williams. Uh, Casey Verholst and Zach Adams aren't, you know, they're not even listed on this. Uh, but they're, they're supposed to be part of the, you know, the rotation and into the offensive line. So there's got to be something else that we're, we're missing and we're probably missing it on purpose. Well, and, and the depth chart that, that Eric Kelly tweeted out, this is what I'm looking at right now. Zach Adams is listed as a backup left guard. Will Farrar is a backup center. Casey Verholst, backup right guard. All three of those guys played quite a bit for Texas Tech last season. Um, your backup right and we, tackle. Sorry, and, and we know that they've been, you know, they've been jostling these guys around all over the line uh, with with hopes of being able to plug people in where they need to. So there's there's at least that in the back back of your mind. But left tackle seems kind of like it could could be something to to focus on this week. But I mean, Ethan Card's a a dude he's six, six eight, eight three fifteen <laughs> i mean if he just stands there he'll probably hold his own just fine hope so um but the other interesting thing that i want to point out there aren't any oars or position mm. there's not any battles for spots like it's ethan card then caleb rogers then larry moore for left tackle Weston Wright, then Zach Adams, then Demarcus Marshall for left guard. Like there are no oars between them, like we saw for the skill positions. It says these guys will probably rotate in and out. It seems like, at least for now, this is the rotation. This is the group of guys you're going to roll with. Yes, they are cross training all their guys to allow, you know, if you were to have to go down and only had seven guys available, you're not stuck to hoping, man, I hope I have two tackles, two guards in a center in that group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So defense, you want to start with the line or the linebackers? Because the, the linebackers are now a really exciting group for me. I agree. Um, let's let's start with the line. Let's, let's start it. with okay. the line. Defensive end, Eli Howard will start at end, obviously backed up by Nelson and Banasor. And then here's where Tyree Wilson is listed. Um, no surprises there. All three of those are large human beings. This is going to be your, what would typically be considered like a strong side defensive end. They're going to be away from the rushing linebacker. 
So they need more of the, the heft. Eli Howard, 6'4", 280. Nelson Embanasor, Embanasor, 6'3", 275. Tyree Wilson, 6'6", 280. Big dudes. Yep. Nose tackles, starting with Jalen Hutchings out of Forney, Nick McCann, then Tony Bradford Jr., which I thought was interesting. I was like, I'd heard so many good things, and everybody, the coaching staff praising Tony Bradford, was like, well, how is he a... How is he third string nose? And then I dropped down. I was like, he's listed as the starting tackle. So he's going to start, but he, he can also rotate over to nose guard. Yeah, it sounds like the way that they have that listed, that's that he will do that. Not not like, oh, well, he ha- he can, or if we need him to, he will. I mean, it, it looks like there will be plays where he will just, he'll line up at nose. Yep. The other tackle, sorry, the depth behind Tony Bradford, at tackle, Devin Drew, 6'2", 280, and then freshman Philip Bleedy, 6'4", 275. This is one of your bigger defensive lines than you've seen like consistently large in quite some time. You, you've, you've had some defensive ends that were like in the 240s, 250s. Um, you've seen defensive tackles and nose tackles like 260s and 270s. I mean, your smallest guy, 275, is a true freshman, so he's going to have some time to, to put some weight on. Nelson and Bansford also at 275, but as a defensive end, like that's a big defensive end. Mm-hmm. You've got you've got size, you've got um, experience, at multiple levels across this entire line. Um, and it's the, the defensive line is not something I'm overly concerned with, like I have been in the past, especially when I consider the guys that will be behind them, the linebackers. Is that where we're going next? That's, that's where we're going next. Um, let's start outside in. Uh, your rush linebacker, Rico Jeffers. What are your thoughts there, Michael? I'm shocked. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm really excited about seeing Jeffers play this year. I, he played well last year. It was overshadowed slightly by a you know first round draft pick <laughs> Jordan Brooks so yeah <laughs> and so not a you know not a, not a bad problem to have but uh, just kind of excited to see him get his year hopefully um, as a senior and and uh, just wishing him the best of health and everything I don't know I'm just really excited to see Jeffers play now so the depth is a little concerning when you look at all these positions yeah. but the starting group you're like Man, this can be a really great group. Backing up Rico Jeffers, Bryce Ramirez. Red shirt freshman. freshman. Yeah, <laughs> ditto. Is, it a, is that like a walk-on or is that like a, one of those transfers in? I don't know. I'm I not sure. I look it up real quick. But um, excited about Jeffers, concerned about depth. If, then if you go to the inside, you've got your Mike linebacker and your Will linebackers are your strong and weak side linebackers. Creshawn Merriweather will start at Mike, um, six foot two forty, backed up by Tyreek Matthews, five eleven two twenty. So this will be your middle linebacker. I think this is what Jeffers played last season alongside Brooks. Will linebacker Colin Schooler listed as your starter, backed up by Michigan State transfer Brandon Boyer Randall. This is the position that Jordan Brooks played. So. You put Schooler over there, who 
did a lot of the same kinds of things that Brooks did. He tracked down plays, was all over the place in the backfield. That's what Schooler did for Arizona. You're going to put him there. He's been on campus like 10 days, and he's listed as a starter. Now, he's a grad transfer, proven himself at another Power 5. That's an easy pencil in. I mean, as a Will linebacker, I'm sure there's a lot less to learn in terms of schematics and you're not lining up the defense as the Mike linebacker would be. Um, you probably have a handful of responsibilities, which I'm sure he's used to, and then learning how to to adjust. Like if they adjust the uh, the offensive formation, he knows what to do. Yeah, it's in the Pac-12. Uh, let's not act like it's exactly like the Big 12, but it may be one of the closest when it comes to the type of offenses you face. For sure. So he's he's going to see similar offenses that he saw, you know, as his complete undergraduate career over on the West Coast. Well, so, he wasn't on the West Coast, but you know what I mean. Yeah, he played on the West Coast a lot. Um, numbers, if you're keeping up with this, so Creshawn Merriweather, starting middle linebacker, is going to wear number one. Colin Schooler, 17. And then your, your spur back, your Raider back, whatever they're going to call it, um, Sorry, Raider would be the opposite, would be where Rico Jeffers is. It's Raider and Spur. Um, the Spur, we heard earlier this spring that they were intending to kind of transition this position to be more of a nickel cornerback type position. But you've got two linebackers slash safeties and then a corner listed. Now, my thought process is it still can be... Um, you know, seen as a, a nickel back type position. And it could be very heavily dependent on what the offense rolls out in. Typically when you roll out with like a hybrid position, you've got kind of one of those tweener guys. That's not quite big enough to be a linebacker, but it's kind of too big to be a safety. Um, these guys kind of fit that bill. You've got Kosey Eldridge, number 20 wearing, um, six, one, two So, Smaller linebacker, but definitely a big safety body there. Duke transfer Jacob Morgenstern, great German name, 6'4", 220. Again, that would be a massive safety mm-hmm. or, you know, anybody doing any kind of pass coverage or whatever. And then you've got DeMarcus Fields, six foot 200. That's more of like a typical safety body. Now, I know a lot of people were saying that why is Fields lifted as, as, as third on the depth chart? Well, Kosai Eldridge, Jacob Morgenstern, DeMarcus Fields all have an or between them, which again, I think goes back to it could be related to how much time they've been able to practice and participate leading up to right now, but also could be if they're running, like if we're facing a really run-heavy team that doesn't have a lot of talent in the slot position, you may run with, a Kosai Eldridge or Jacob Morgenstern more than a DeMarcus Fields who's proven himself more in pass coverage. You know, if you, if you're out there versus like a Baylor or a Kansas, Texas or Oklahoma, DeMarcus Fields may be getting more playing time where Kosai Eldridge may be more in for like a Kansas state, Iowa state type offense. Yeah, I was, that was exactly, you answered my question before I asked it. Cause I thought, well, based on, the lineup of these guys, this sure looks like a situational position and, and it, your, your starter may change 
like you were saying, week to week, kind of depending on who you're playing, uh, you, it could you might lean a lot more on fields. Yeah. It, it could change drive to drive or play to play who's in that That's position. That's true. Like, yeah. I, I think we get kind of really tied into who starts. And I think that's a whole lot less important outside of like the quarterback position. Anybody else can start and be rotated in and out. You want to know your starting quarterback. Everybody else, you can kind of roll bodies through there. Corners. Um, Zach McPherson, Adrian Fry, or Nate Floyd listed on one side. Uh, and then another surprise here, sophomore Alex Hogan, or Dadrian Taylor Demerson, or Jamarcus Ingram. So if you remember, Dadrian Taylor played last, last season. Jamarcus Ingram was the transfer in from Utah State. Alex Hogan, I guess he did he did play um and he wasn't terrible, but I think that's one of those guys who are like why isn't like a DeMarcus Fields there or uh, somebody else with a little more like an Adrian Fry. Yeah, that was that was probably my biggest question mark on this whole depth chart aside from left tackle, but Adrian Fry not being a clear starter in the cornerback position surprised me. So I'm, I'm just chalking that up to some, there's some reason that he probably wasn't able to get as many reps in practice. And that that's, that's just, I have nothing, no insider info, anything like that, but just watching the guy play, um, you know, the last couple of years, especially his breakout freshman season, I've, I'm just really shocked, honestly, that he's not, earned a starting position. Yeah. So he's, he's listed as a clear backup to Zach McPherson. There's no or between McPherson and Fry. Um, but there are ors between Alex Hogan, Dadrian Taylor and Jamarcus Ingram. Uh, we did see Ingram play quite a bit last year. Dadrian Taylor. I think we saw more on special teams. It's like a returner. Um, and he is listed as a kick returner on the depth chart. Sorry, I was looking down the special teams for a second. Um, so yeah, and then the uh, finally the safeties. I think some people were concerned when Thomas Leggett was listed as a sa- as a starter, but he's going to be alongside starting alongside LSU transfer Eric Monroe, which I think is pretty cool. Like probably a, probably a good guy to learn from. Yeah, you would think so. Um, this is one of the other, only other positions um, that has a clear first, second, and third team. So at one safety position, you've got Thomas Leggett, then uh, junior Cam White, and then backup quarterback, backup receiver, backup running back, backup whatever, Xavier White, Martin, sorry, Xavier Martin. Martin. Yeah. Um, Dan would love to see him play some quarterback, but he's third team safety. And then Eric Monroe on the other side, backed up by Adam Beck and Cole Boyd. So the safeties, I think, are a little concerning. I do like that Eric Eric Monroe is starting. I do like Zach McPherson as one of the starting corners. Would like to see Adrian Fry start. The linebackers, the starting group is exciting. Concerned about depth. Defensive line, though, I think is where you have the most talent and depth in terms of one, two, and three. Yeah, and I listened to the... Uh, typical tech podcast this last week and Zach McPherson was on it and it's, he's a grad student 
And uh, so it, it worked out that this semester his only class is yoga. So I think our guy's going to be he's going to be focused and ready to. That's probably how he got that starting position because that's his. He doesn't have to worry about business calc or any of these other classes. He's he's got yoga and he's good to go. Well, yeah, and and, and like even though that it's his only class, is like it kind of sets him up for recovery and yeah. staying physically sharp. He said it's right before practice too, so that part oh, even works perfect. out. <laughs> Special teams, um, unsurprising here. Your place kicker Trey Wolf, your punter Austin McNamara. Kickoff guy will be Trey Wolf, your kick returner, Keyshawn Carter, Caden Leggett, or Dadrian. No, sorry, there's no or. Keyshawn Carter, Caden Leggett, and then Dadrian Taylor. Punt returner, Zach McPherson, which he did that last year, and Chucks Nwabuko. Yeah, definitely no surprise to see McNamara win the job. Uh, we expect a lot of great things out of him this year, especially he, he may be your just best a sophomore. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, I was cracking up because I was looking at the the listing for Chuck's Nwabuko and they they flipped his height. He's listed as 6'5", 160. He's 5'6", 160. <laughs> that's almost a foot a, a off. Six, yeah, imagine a 6'5", 160 guy. That's be a really small a, basketball player. Like a lot of slim pants. Very, very slim. Um. So we we mentioned, uh, you know, yes, this is the initial depth chart. Gosh, we've been talking about it for 20 minutes. And I can't spit the word out. Um, and we did mention how the Big 12 set the threshold for game cancellations. Don Williams did tweet out yesterday that um, there there were 12 active COVID cases among the tech players. Again, on a roster of 105, got plenty of, of wiggle room to get down to the 53. I mean, that, that's a large number of players that have to be out. Um, you still have a couple more rounds of testing to make sure everybody's still ready to go for Saturday, uh, which I think they will do Wednesday and Friday. Yes. Um, I, you're not going to see an announcement like, oh, hey, by the way, um, Alan Bowman's out this week. You, you're not going to see that. But you may get an update from the number. You won't see any names. Um, and then when when Matt Wells was questioned about some of the questions that we brought up about the depth chart, um, he said, Matt Wells said, I think you can deduce that some of them have missed time. Speaking of the players that you would assume were higher on the depth chart than they were, that would be accurate. And there's others too that have missed some time. So, he was talking about Zach Adams, Casey Verholz, and Demarcus Fields. Um, you can, he said, deduce they've missed some practice time. Other players have as well. But so again, it could be for any number of reasons why the the depth chart is the way it is. Out outside of performance. So, anyways, depth chart excited about kind of figuring out where it was going to be because we didn't get a spring game. We didn't get all that kind of stuff to kind of pick apart this spring, this summer. You get this the week of, you're like, man, let's, let's just like run right in, into football season. Yeah, I know. It, it's full steam ahead right now. I, I get that same exact feeling. All right, before we get into our 
preview of Houston Baptist, which is where we'll, we'll wrap this thing up. Um, guys, 2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of your control. There's one thing you can control and that's shaving your bush. Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you to do just that. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. Their ceramic blade and skin safety technology are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellas down low. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower. They also have Shears 2.0 Nail Kit. It's a luxury four-piece kit featuring stainless steel tools, including tipped tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. You can find that on their website along with a crop preserver, anti-chafing deodorant, and the crop reviver, a testy toner. That's like having cologne. Go to manscaped.com and check out some of these life-changing products. In fact, listener to the show will get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use our use code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns by shaving that front trunk. Hey, Spencer, did you know that Texas Tech is favored this week by 37 and a half points? That's a lot, man. That's a lot. And if you wanted to put a wager on that, you could head over to our friends at Bet Online. You may not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going that extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures. Now, head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, man, let's jump into previewing the Huskies of Houston Baptist. They played at North Texas this past weekend, fell 57 to 31. Oof. I'm a little surprised by the 31 number, though. Well, I'm trying to I'm it's kind of inflated, but it's kind of not. Uh, UNT, I mean, I think they played three or four quarterbacks at some point. Um, that doesn't but, affect the opponent's offense. No, you're right. But but I do, I'm, <laughs> I'm assuming because of that, that they probably were shuffling in some second string, maybe some third string defensive players. We'll see. All I know is at one point, um, they, UNT was up, let's see, what was it? They were up 50 to 17 on the 20 and they went forward on fourth and one and a a freshman ran it up the middle for a touchdown. And I was kind of like, come on, man, you're up 50 to 17 and you go for it on fourth down. (laughs) Anyway, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of the leech philosophy. Well, try to stop us. But, but yeah, I mean, UNT did, um, they did. It looked like they played some second string guys, but uh, Houston Baptist never took their starter out of the game at uh, senior quarterback Bailey Zappi, and he looked good, man. Did you get to catch any as much of this as some of these other games you saw? 
I, this is probably the one I saw the least of. Uh, and it seemed like anytime I actually like tuned in and was paying attention, UNT had the ball. Uh, so I was less inclined to see the Houston Baptist defense. I'm not so concerned with that. Um, because I think our offense, the power five group should be able to handle an FCS opponent. I think our defense can handle an FCS offense as well. Um, I'm not concerned that yes, Zappy and Kitley and that group, um, put up some impressive numbers, but no, I was like, it was like I said, not, not, um, expecting to see them put up 31 versus UNT. No. And they, you know, they only had 10 points going into halftime. It was 23 to 10. It should have been 23 to 16. Their poor field goal kicker was three for four on the, on misses. That's, that's wrong. I reported the wrong number. So he was one for four on the day and he made one right before halftime, a 50 yarder. But, but yeah, they, they put up 21 points in the second half. Uh, Zappy's able to get the ball out the, the line, you know, they were able to give him time and he can roll out when he needs to, if he does get a little bit rushed, but they accounted for, uh, you know, the offensive line only allowed one sack and four hurries for the day. Uh, and Zappy spreads the ball around. I mean, it was, it was kind of, it's, it's odd looking at this stat line. He was 39 of 62. That's right at 63% completion, 480 yards, three TDs, no interceptions, Averaged about eight yards per catch. Rating was 143.9. And then he threw to 11 different receivers. So it was, it's really kind of like looking at a, a, you know, a vintage Texas Tech box score. Because along with that 480 yards of passing, they had 89 yards of rushing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so... With Wes Kitley, not Wes, Zach Kitley being their offensive coordinator, obviously he was a grad assistant here under Kingsbury. Their offense looks very familiar, right? Jared Caster, yes. like, like we mentioned this last week, he's their offensive line coach, former player for you. There are some Texas Tech connections there. Um, but you still got you still got to call the game. You still got to play the game. Zappy, like you said, last season, he led all FCS quarterbacks with 357 completions. So it's not like this is new to him. Was second with 318 yard passing yards per game and 35 touchdowns. So like those are pretty good quarterback numbers, like regardless of division. Yeah. And this kid... He he went to school at Victoria. Um, this is what Houston Baptist seventh year ever to play football. I, I looked him up on twenty four seven. I thought, well, he's got to have a decent recruiting rating. He had no stars. They didn't even have stars by the kid's name. So I don't know how he kind of got lost to the cracks. But he he looked really impressive to me. And and they they have some big receivers. You know, the senior Ben Ratzliff. He had six catches, one hundred and eight yards. Of course, one of those was a seventy one yard bomb. Uh, Jareth Stearns seems to be a favorite of Zappi's, uh, 11 catches, 93 yards. Um, I, I don't, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm worried. I'm not worried about tech being able to, to stop these guys, but I do think they're going to give them more of a, a fit, uh, especially in the cornerback position. 
you know, we're, we're going to see how Thomas Leggett does back there at safety and, and, you know, just kind of see how everybody does to, to cover these guys because Zappy, if they're open, he's going to find them. I mean, they were, there were some really great passes where he was dropping in dimes to guys surrounded by, I kid you not, five players <laughs> and it would just float right into his hands. The, the receiver didn't have to jump for it. You know, it didn't put him in danger. It just dropped right in. And I mean, the kid knows how to make plays. So this will be a good test for what was the worst past defense in all of FBS last year. And, um, I, I don't want to, I don't want to be all doom and gloom, but I, I mean, I want you guys to, to know that Zappy this, if he's, if he's got a good day and, and we can't get to him and can't get any pressure on him, which these guys may be able to, you know, the guys that we just talked about up front, mm-hmm. they might, they might greet him at the door. Uh, it's a little bit different than playing UNT, but UNT <laughs> did, uh, you know, they, they didn't really get to the quarterback all game. Yeah. So, so don't let uh zappy throwing for 300 yards, put a damper on it. Like just be aware that, 480. Well, no, like he, he can probably throw for 300 against Texas Tech. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. He probably, yeah. Yeah. That's, now, that's possible. They only ran for 89 total yards against UNT. You, you would expect to, to improve on that too. Um, but like if Houston Baptist puts 450 yards of offense up, like we've seen historically total yards on offense doesn't really mean much in the Big 12. Um, passing yards, especially. So y- you you should win this game comfortably. I, I'm I'm not getting to my prediction yet, but what I am saying is, if Houston Baptist has a somewhat decent day on offense, it's not time to shut down the season. That's that's kind of what I'm. That's what I'm getting to. Um, now, now their defense was. Horrid. It was UNT. bad. <laughs> they gave up 720 yards to UNT. School record. Which, yeah, a school record. A, a team that's been playing football since 1913. This was a school record. The most, uh, the most yards that they've ever gained as an offense. Which, which check out how balanced this was, Spencer. Out of that 720 yards. Oh, 21. Wait, sorry, I forgot the one. Yeah, 721 yards. It's important to break this tie. Very, very much. Dang it. 300. <laughs> 360 <laughs> yards rushing, 361 yards passing. So as balanced as you can possibly get. Now, from a Seth Luttrell team being able to put up 360 yards on the ground, I'm like, ooh, the big running backs, Sir Roger Thompson, Chadarius Townsend, Shifty Xavier White. I was like, dude, they could, they could feast. Yes. Uh, I mean, this, this defense... Uh, Let's see, linebacker Caleb Johnson had 12 tackles. Four of them were solo. He had one quarterback hurry, which is the only one of the entire team. So they, weren't no very good, they weren't very good at getting to the quarterback. No, no, not at all. Um, even my novice eyes could see that a lot of the line were just getting blown off the line by the uh, UNT offensive line guys. I mean, you could just – they were just – almost like they were these were starting backwards when they would collide it was just like well we're going to go backwards now um so i saw that on several plays so i think our offensive line will be able to 
maintain uh, this pass rush that did not seem very effective against uh, against UNT at all. Um, and I think there was only one tackle for loss for the entire defense as well. So it's what it looks yeah, like. Your, yeah, your leading tackler was a linebacker, and then your second leading tackler was a safety, which is not always a great sign. Um, so yes, the Texas Tech should put up some points. They should put up quite a few points on these guys. And, um, but like you said, that, that offense, I wouldn't hang my head too, too much if, if, um, you know, they squeaked by some big plays on tech and got into the end zone a handful of times more than you, you thought they should. But I'm not looking for a, you know, heading into the fourth quarter tied 31 or something like that. No, 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 for sure. Um, so I think with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Our prediction, get to it and say the line I've seen anywhere between minus 37 and a half to 42. Even at 37 and a half, I'm, I'm tempted to say take the under on that. But I will say that Texas Tech wins, wins comfortably, and they do so by the score of... You're just making this up. 63. I don't know, 27? 24? Okay. All right. But see, here's the thing. I'm kind of... Go go for it. Go for it. Talk me into it. My other thought was that uh, Matt Wells has not typically shown the propensity just to, to run the score up. And you may see more backup participation in terms of like Columbia or MacGyver or just everybody else in the offense. So that number, that top number, that 63, I'm going to back that up a little bit. This is 56. Okay. 24. <laughs> 56, 24. Okay, 56 to 24, that's yours. That's 32 points. Well, I had had mine prepared. Of course you did. As 48 to 27, so I'm also crushing the under here. Uh, No, you're not. My reasoning, well, my reasoning is... um, Wait, maybe you are. Yeah, yeah, I am. My reasoning is that Texas Tech hasn't scored in the fifties since Matt Wells has been here and they haven't scored in the fifties since September of 2018 against Houston. When I think that they scored, it may have been 63 like you were talking about earlier or 62, but either way, kind of back to what you were saying, uh, it may not be a, a failure for tech to only score 48 or something, but I think people would be disappointed if they don't crack that 50 uh, against this team, but I can just see sure. there being some issues lining up. Maybe just, you know, it's the first game. Things are going to be weird. And then, you know, 17 points allowed would be great. Um, and I think Zappy's going to surprise some people, but that's where I'm at. I'm, I would take the under on this, but I, I do see tech winning comfortably. Uh, it just may not be as comfortably as people would like against an FCS opponent. We'll see, though. Yeah, Tech man. may just blow them out of the water, but that's my prediction, 48-17. <laughs> could, could be 63 nothing. Yeah, who knows? Could be another Lamar. 
Dude, that would be that would be fun. Um, all right, let's uh, let's wrap this up and get to what we learned. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right, Michael, what did we learn this week? Man, I was hoping you would go first. I I will go I first. I haven't learned much. You go first. And just quickly say, um, not that this has really changed much because of COVID, but I will watch bad football if it's on TV. <laughs> just because it's football on TV. <laughs> My... Uh, that's funny because my wife was asking me last night. She said, is there a game on right now? I was like, yeah. Who is it? And I, I told her, well, yeah, it's BYU and Navy. And she was like, why are you watching that? <laughs> but and but I said, why? I said, because it's on. And she was like, oh, okay. And I like that, that, that that's all it took. Oh, well, because it's on. Yeah, okay. I guess that makes sense. Um, I, Man, I am completely whiffing on this. What did I learn this week? I I learned that um, my three-year-old's really funny. <laughs> she says some funny things, and I can't even remember what they are at the top of my head, but she's been cracking me up a lot lately. And, oh, I think it's because, uh, you know, we always try to encourage her when she does something well or does something right. And we, you know, good job, you know, way to go. And I don't know. I've been doing some very mundane things around the house. <laughs> And she's been telling me, "Good job, <laughs> good job, Dad." You're like, Man. "Good job, way to way to way to Dad." Good, good job, Dad. Like, thanks, thanks, kid. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> good job, because she says it so enthusiastically. Well, thank you. So I don't know. That's what I'm throwing out there. She's been cracking me up lately. All right, man. So with that, we'll wrap it up. Don't forget to catch us on the KKAM Talk 1340, Rob Bros college tailgate show this weekend it will be from 10 to noon you can catch it live on terrestrial radio here in the in the region because we will we will be on in lubbock and in san angelo syndicated worldwide yeah also and as the, always follow rob bro show on on twitter rob b-r-e-a-u-x show yeah we'll be up there on the talk 1340 mobile app and on kkam.com we will be pre- previewing the day's games giving some instant reactions to games that are going on so we will we'll be on the air as first games we're going we plan to do an instant reaction podcast after the game we will not be at the game so we should be able to get to these much sooner than we have in the past get them out a little earlier in the day or in the night um hopefully boob celebrating a very handsome win against Houston Baptist getting ready for a bye week going into Texas. There may also be a new baby in the house. We shall see. For Michael, I am Spencer. We will catch you next time on the 23 Personnel Podcast. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. 
And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.